0: Hey, folks. As usual, another busy news week to make sense of. Last Friday, President Trump announced that he and First Lady Melania Trump tested positive for COVID-19, and he spent the weekend getting treatment at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center. The virus has infected many members of Trump's inner circle, including White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, and Trump campaign manager Bill Stepien. Three GOP senators have also contracted COVID-19, but Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell nevertheless plans to push ahead with the confirmation process for Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett. Anne and I discuss all this and more on the Cafe Insider podcast. Today, we are sharing a clip from the episode with listeners of Stay Tuned. To hear our full conversation and access all other Cafe Insider content, including the newly launched United Security and Cyberspace podcasts, try the membership free for two weeks. You can do that at cafe.com insider. That's cafe.com slash insider college students with a valid.edu email qualify for a discount. Head to cafe.com slash student and sign up at a lower rate. Again, that's cafe.com slash student. We look forward to having you as a part of the insider community. There's a vice presidential debate happening tomorrow between Kamala Harris and Mike Pence, and that, so far as I know, is still scheduled to happen in person. And the Harris people have asked that the the two candidates for vice president be placed farther apart than they would have otherwise been and they want a plexiglass you know shield in front of the the podiums to which the mike pence campaign and team responded derisively and said so, well you know if, if senator harris wants to build a fortress around her you know i guess that's her problem while the president is in the hospital trying to recover from covid the idea that you mock the other side for wanting to be more responsible and to be more protective when Mike Pence could very well. It's not like a speculative thing. He he has a decent chance of being positive for COVID, given who he's been around and given how many people he's been around who do have COVID. I, I just, you know, if you're- And he's if ignoring you're playing a drinking game current and, medical and you,
1: advice, right. Yeah, yeah. If
0: you drank every time I said, I don't get it, you'd be you'd be hammered by now. But I don't get it.
1: Yeah. And look, I also I, I don't know what you think. I also think it's bad politics. I think that there was probably a way for the president to have if he had come out of this, basically as a more empathetic human being, I realize as I say that that there was never any chance that that was yeah. probably gonna happen. It's just not <laughs> but his who team he is, wanted. But
0: that. like you saw those reports, right? His team, I think it was reported in the Times, I think, that you know, this was a kind of an opportunity to have a reset, to come out like Boris Johnson did in the UK. To come out and yeah, aduce, and he have came neuropathy. out with a
1: lot more humility, right? Yeah. Um, and and basically saying like, you know, this is hard. We have to, you know, take this seriously. And you know, he had a near death experience with COVID. And I think the president has sort of done the opposite, which is to double down to say, you know, don't be afraid of COVID. Like, we can't let it ruin our lives. And and basically, like, it's the like I won, I be COVID. It's just the exact wrong attitude to take at our country in a moment when there's economic devastation. There's incredible human devastation with lives lost and people who have chronic illness now from being from being sick and recovering, but they're still not 100%. And so, you know, it's just so dismissive and just as regards human life.
0: Well, here's the other proof that it's bad politics. One of the changes in his standing and President Trump's standing has been among seniors, who I think he, he beat Hillary Clinton in 2016, with respect to seniors, by some percentage point, I don't, I don't remember how much. He is now, according to one recent poll, he's 27 points in the red. He's a he's a 27 point deficit compared to Joe Biden with seniors, which has been a big change over the course of the pandemic. And that's because the people who, who are who are are left to suffer and and potentially die from this disease about which he's so callous are those seniors, right?
1: Agreed. And actually, I was surprised early on. I expected those numbers to have switched to that point quicker than they did, because I really felt that, you know, the language and the, the rhetoric that the president has put out about about COVID. And, and you know, remember, there was that one Republican uh, politician, I don't remember his name, I want to say it was from Texas, but I'm not sure, who basically said, look, I think a lot of grandparents would be willing to, you know, sort of die and sacrifice for their kids to have the economy open, right? It was just this view of, like, of people's lives as being fungible in a way that they're not. And so, so yes, I, I think that's that's your assessment is right on the politics. So Preet, what do you think this means for Barrett? I mean, I I was thinking a lot this weekend, two of the Republican senators on the Judiciary Committee tested positive. Mike Lee, from the Republican from Utah, Tom Tillis, the Republican from North Carolina, Ron Johnson, a Republican from Wisconsin, who's not on Judiciary, but um, he also tested positive. I
0: don't think it changes anything. I don't think it changes anything. And, and a lot of people have been asking the question. And You know, as as people know, I served on that committee as a staffer a number of years ago. And I thought maybe I was forgetting something. So I talked to a couple of people who still work in the Senate. And because we're in the time of COVID, and because there is a precedent for conducting hearings, including judiciary hearings, in which either the nominee or one or more senators are able to and are authorized to participate remotely, at least the schedule for the hearings, that's a week from yesterday, October 12th. The schedule for the hearings does not have to be altered, and Lindsey Graham can get away with that. He can even get away with a vote, for the most part, uh, in the committee, because committee rules allow for proxy voting. Um, Even in ordinary times, uh, if Senator Schumer couldn't make it to the markup, couldn't make it to the vote on bills or a nominee, he could give his vote to Senator Durbin, for example. That can obviously still happen. It also is the case, and we were having some debate earlier about whether or not the guidance was quarantined for 10 days or 14 days. Mike Lee, I think, has said he's only gonna quarantine for 10 days, which gives him time to show up in person if he wants for the hearing on October 12th. So these guys can recover in time, these guys can participate remotely if they have to, and these guys will be available to vote by proxy if they have to. So it it doesn't alter the timeline that's very rushed and obviously that I object to and you object to, but it doesn't alter that. I guess what it, it can have an effect on if other people become sick, and have to quarantine.
1: Well, you even these vote guys, by proxy,
0: but you, you can't vote by proxy on the floor of the Senate. So an ultimate right, vote. Right. That's on what I was going to say. Yeah.
1: Yes. Has it, to it be in It's not going to change
0: the timeline for the hearing.
1: Right. So the the what McConnell said is that he's going to halt the floor activity until October nineteenth. So obviously the Judiciary Committee is twelve to ten Republican to Democrat, assuming that those two Republican senators Lee and Tillis will participate by remotely by by Zoom or by video, that vote goes through. She gets approved. Then you get to the floor on the 19th, which would even be today being October 6th. It would even, you know, we know that they were diagnosed last week. It would be 14 days since then. That assumes, though, that they're not very ill, right? And, and if you think about some of the guidance is, you know, 10 days after you've had symptoms, right? And so, you know, we don't know what, there's been zero transparency. And so it really raises questions to me of like, why, like, I know why they're doing this. They want that seat. They want that seat at whatever cost they have to do to get it. But it does feel to me like you are, you know, the Senate has has been lax on safety measures. And you are now talking about three diagnosed positive patients potentially going to the floor of the Senate all in the name of this prize, right, which is what they see it as. It's just so troubling to me.
0: Ron Johnson, one of the senators you mentioned, he is on record as saying, He would come and vote in a moon suit if he had to. I saw that. that. (laughs) So that's how strongly they feel about rushing through this conservative judge and putting her on the court. Yes. I think we have to wait and see and and see what the optics are. But unless other people get infected, uh, I don't think it's going to avert the Amy Coney Barrett vote on the floor of the Senate. Um, Can we just go back to this Mike Pence issue and continuity of government? And why it's so odd that he doesn't seem to be taking this more seriously you know one is obviously you want to make sure that every other nation knows that there's continuity of government and there's stability in our government that's incredibly important but the other thing is from a pure um sort of personal perspective political perspective from from mike pence's standpoint he's the only thing that stand if something were to happen to donald trump he's the only thing that's standing between President Pence and President Pelosi, because the 1947 succession law says, as people I'm sure know by now, after the president, it's the vice president. After the vice president, it's the Speaker of the House, who is Nancy Pelosi of a different party. And after Nancy Pelosi, it's the President pro temp of the Senate, who is uh, Chuck Grassley, who knows a lot about pigeons. Following that, it's the Secretary of State. So you would think that, that Mike Pence would want to take every precaution to prevent Nancy Pelosi from becoming the next president of the United States because that's how succession works.
1: Yeah, you would you would think that and and again I think it's they're so wrapped up in this sort of argument that they're making to the American public that like covid is not a big deal, you can beat it, it is not something that that should make us afraid. And basically, you know, at the same time saying implicitly disregard the science, don't wear a mask, don't socially distance, don't do all the things that the doctors are telling us to do. And so he's, like, leaning into that when— in fact, the re- the political reality is that the Constitution says if something happens to the president, even temporarily, it's Pence, right? And there was a lot of talk about this beginning on Friday evening when the president went to Walter Reed Medical Center, that there were questions about whether or not the president would have to turn over his powers um, under the Constitution, which he can do to the vice president, even temporarily. Just basically, you know, if he w- were to have some form of surgery or he were to be unconscious for a period of time, that's historically the way it's been done. The vice president temporarily takes... Charge And then when the president is feeling better, the president takes it back. And so, yeah, I mean, it's I think it's a sign of how deeply the president and Vice President Pence have bought into this myth of this political argument of like, don't take COVID seriously, that he would be acting in that way because it just makes zero sense from a public health or a political standpoint or or a political secession.
0: Can I make just one non sequitur confession for a second? Yeah. So (laughs) really... Early on when the president went to get medical treatment and got admitted to the hospital, when I would send texts or make notes, I would spell the medical center Walter Reed. I hope you enjoyed this sample of the Cafe Insider podcast. To listen to the full episode and hear more of our Supreme Court coverage, head to cafe.com slash insider and try out the membership free for two weeks. Interested students with a valid.edu email can head to cafe.com slash student. To the many of you who have chosen to join the insider community, thank you for supporting our work.